You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written... It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, welcome to the Whitetail Experience Podcast. I don't know why my computer is going to do that, but... This is your host, Byron Horton. It is early November. It is 85. It is kind of miserable. A lot of deer are dead, too, due to EHD. I get more and more of that DMs and stuff every day. But uh, we're going to make it happen, right? We're going to put positive vibes out there in hopes to shoot a son of a gun with a nice rack. That is the goal. Team is yet to produce. But we're trying. I had a pretty good encounter the other day. Uh, if you are looking to pick up some custom gear, you know, Christmas is on the way, maybe you're going to upgrade some stuff, maybe you got some cash flow, enter code WEXP at checkout, really appreciate that. As far as hunting, uh, Rick has been at it really hard, hunting a lot of days, and uh, I think he finally decided to take a break. He's been at it hard since late October, just warm times, lack of deer, and, and finally he, I think, came home or whatever and, and decided to take a break. And we'll get to that. The, the main focus of this podcast is going to be rut survival. Uh, i got a lot of thoughts there. I've grinded out a lot of uh, ruts and, and made it happen on like day 9 of 10 or, or 14 or, you know, stuff like that. I uh, had a really good hunt. What was that yesterday? Well, kind of. So I did go for a hunt, totally swapped out my sight, forgot my quiver attachment bracket. We're talking 1.25 miles from the truck. I had to carry the damn quiver through the woods. It was miserable. I think it took me an hour and 20, hour and 30 to get there. And uh, not being able to navigate your your Onyx uh, in the dark because you're holding your quiver and then you got to put everything... To, it, was, it was just made that commute a uh, living shit. Uh, got to the tree, got blown at, and then the sun came up and I saw something very odd. This bug just comes over the top and at first I thought it was a coyote, just the way it was coming in kind of hot. And he works his way to 50, 60 yards. And like, I'm like, I'm sitting in probably the better terrain, like 
funnel system. I've got historic rubs literally on the trees I was I was setting up in in the dark. Like this is the travel route, and I can kind of de see due to down trees. I got a potential of him crossing it at at forty and under, or like fifteen if he takes the upper trail. And I'm like, I like it. But he disappears, and I had some airs there. I, I was trying to find him in the binos to see how big he was. And I think that just was not the, the route to take. I think I should have just been grab the bow camera and be in kill mode after I kind of saw that he had a rack. Gets to 50-60 and disappears. I had to pause there due to the kids coming home and everything kind of loud. But he gets to 50-60, disappears. And I, I thought I could see the system well enough that I, I don't know how he could get out without me seeing him. So bottom line... I sit here for the next 20 minutes thinking he's he's standing right there doing what bucks do, moving real slow. And then I thought, well, maybe he betted on this little knob. Based on how he came into the system, he could watch his back trail and potentially be in the chips. Um, I apologize if you can hear that screaming, baby. I'm All right, so like I said, I, I think he's still there, potentially betted just due to the conditions of the day. And I'm like, sweet. Um... I'm having this debate of if the wind swirls at any moment, he may catch my wind and get out of there because it's a literally very low wind day. And the thermals are kind of working for me, but they haven't kicked in to like make me super safe at this point because it's like the first hour of daylight. And I'm sitting there like, or what if some does or another buck comes in somewhere within the next hundred yards and he stands up and potentially like does something about it or, or decides to chase the does or look at the buck a little more. He, he could easily come within better range. And then I, I kind of had the, 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 the thought too if it, the leaves were still wet. Uh, they weren't dried out at this point so I have a little better like leaf conditions. So I made the call and I decided I was going to try to get down out of the tree and put the sneak over where I last seen him disappear. And at one point I thought I heard a cough grunt like like random noise not a squirrel you know how your mind plays tricks on you in the timber like was that a grunt was that a cough like i was like that had to be him and he's probably just tucked over that that knoll there that i can't see where there's probably like some six foot little roller dips and uh <coughs> so i get down the tree lower the bow that's the other thing uh had to throw an arrow to the base of the tree because my quiver again like i can't attach it to my bow during this hunt because i decided i was going to switch my sight um and anyways I get down there, take the shoes off, go sneak mode. I think it takes me an hour to cover about 50, 60 yards. And during this time, I look down the hill, and here's like a four-pointer raking this tree. And I'm like, sweet, okay, like, I'm still in position. I can shoot kind of my original funnel. I'm not moving at a pace where I'm probably going to alert deer. Um, very quiet, very happy with the sneak. Uh, wind stayed decent. I kept having to check it. Um, never could pick him up. Don't know where he went. He wasn't there when I kind of crusted the, the little hill type area. And I thought for sure, too, if, if that four-pointer was, was raking that tree down there, he might want to stand up and show some dominance. So he wasn't there. No idea. Um, but that was a pretty good hunt. I plan to get back in that area soonish. Uh, kind of elected to play the long game with the warmer temps here over the next three days and uh, not be gone. I guess uh, my baby girl, she was partying late last night and the night before, so... Had to stay home um, and help uh, kind of just be there for the morning shift with the kids. Uh, another thing I kind of wanted to address in this podcast is related to some of the stories I am sharing on Instagram. 
I had a buddy of mine uh, DM me and uh, I've kind of thrown some shade at some cell cams and I, I think I'm okay with that at, at this point. Um, if you follow the story I posted, the Midwest Whitetail oh, YouTube video where the guy is sitting two hours away from an urban piece, his cell cam goes off and he goes to hunt that deer that day based on the, the cell cam pick. He's commuting into uh, ambush location A, gets a cell cam pick sent to his phone and goes to ambush location B and shoots it. And it's like, man, like, you hunted because of a text message at the end of the day. Like, no intention, clear as day. Um, they also titled the video Hard Earned. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> An urban deer with a cell cam kill? Like, that's a, I don't know. Take that for what it's worth. But I, I think I've just drawn the line. And like, I have friends that use cell cams and we're allowed to like, like different sports teams and, and be okay with that. And I'm going to talk shit about Michigan's quarterback, for example, all day long uh, to Dave, who's a Michigan fan. So guys give him some shit in the next couple weeks. But... I've just made the call that, like, man, I just feel they're too much of an advantage now. Uh, kind of the army effect of them. And I've done a YouTube video on, on that top to bottom. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to call them out how I see them. Uh, I have some major support uh, on calling these out from, from a lot of people. So uh, there's some like-minded individuals for sure. But let's get to today's topic of choice, rut survival. Uh, gotta love the rut, but it is a grind a lot of times. Uh, I have killed a few bucks on like day 9 of 10. I have killed bucks on like 14 of, of 15. It is a grind. And I, I think there's a lot of things that go into that. And here's like some tips, some thoughts uh, to make that better, hopefully. Uh, now, if you haven't trained for the rut, like I can't help you there. You can't start training now. It's not going to be super beneficial. But it's easy to hunt hard like one day. Where if you have any sort of like fitness regimen or, or at least doing some miles, right? Like rucking, standing sticks into to pieces and, and hunting that route. If you have any sort of longer commutes, like you can do it one day. Sure, you can BS mental toughness through that. But like to do a day in and out, like your muscles will just fatigue and cramp and uh, destroy yourself. Ask Andy about his elk hunt. <laughs> I'm sure Dave uh, will, will tell you it became very adamant after day one that that it, it, they were not on the same playing field as far as fitness. Um, mentally, also, I think it's important to, to think about it. Like, back in August, you were so hyped for the rut. It was all, you know, something you were dreaming about, hoping about when you were getting them pictures of them big bucks. And it's real easy on, like, a Sunday afternoon in August. Like, it's sunny out, and you're like, oh, yeah, I can grind out the rut. Well, it's, it's truthfully, it's tough. It's not an easy task. And the other mental kind of thought I have around is think how you're going to feel like December, right around Christmas, like December 20th, you know, you're like, oh, it's a, it's pretty much over at this point. Uh, that magical time of year that you wait all, all year for is over. And so like understanding that that's kind of like the biggest part of, of being able to push through and understanding like mentally, like, dude, I was just so hyped about it. I, I got to push through if you, you come to that wall or whatever I think is important. So uh, a couple bullet points food water intake this is huge as far as i'm concerned uh generally you can only take so much water to the tree if you're doing either all day hunts or maybe even half days um, but you got to have good water consumption because generally you know you have a big exertion to get into your spot hang your stand and and so when can you take in water well it's driving to said location and obviously like we're all drinking either coffee energy drinks or whatever but those are obviously um, dehydrate you. They, they force water out of your system. So you kind of want to be intaking 
uh, during that time as well. Maybe wait till you're like 20 minutes from destination. You don't want to stop and pee 500 times. Um, but you, I think that's a time period to do it. And Kevin Vistason brought up a very good point is generally I bring like a Nalgene or whatever for the car ride down, but I need to have something to take in on, on the ride home and having maybe some electrolyte mix um, of choice in, in some of that on your consumption at the end of the day is probably a good idea. It makes it taste better. It's easier to consume at that point. All really good things, a little extra go juice. Um, the other thing I'm finding that I really like is those like V8 energy drinks. They're like little eight ounce skinny cans and uh, they got a lot 90 mg's of caffeine. And so I, I'm taking those after I get out the woods at like noon and I got like some drive time ahead of me. Um, and I, and I kind of like that. Uh, the other thing I have there on water intake in the back of my truck, I keep uh, like a 24 pack of water. And once that gets below like five bottles, I buy another one and throw it back there. And my thought there is one, I've always got water around. Uh, it just sits in the truck. And yeah, our temperatures aren't as cold to say the Michigan guys probably can't do that because of all the freezing and the bottles would end up breaking. But um, a couple frozen nights, the, those things are fine. Uh, maybe not a consistent uh, frozen thaw process, but heck. I think tonight's overnight temp is, only, is like 55 here in the Buckeye State. But um, having that pack of water there, uh, not only for hunting in and out, you know, day-to-day -day water consumption, but then the day you kill, it's kind of nice to have some extra bottles of water around just for uh, hydration purposes on the, on the big drag out or the pack out that you're going to have, hopefully. I have notes here on getting good food. Uh, obviously, I pack sandwiches. You know, there's only so much you can do, but if you're sitting there eating a bunch of like Salty pizza at night, probably not the best choice. Um, you know, you eat clean, you burn clean is kind of a thought of mine. Um, also, if you are driving a long distance after a hunt, let's say you're going home and you got, I don't know, let's call it an hour plus, I would not stop and get food right away despite how hungry you are because then you get the drivey sleepies. I would drive until you're 15, 20 minutes from home. At that point, stop by your favorite Arby's or whatever your destination of choice is. Um, I kind of am, am leaning Arby's at, at that point, or maybe you call it a pizza if you're not hunting the next day. Um, just some thoughts there is, is get closer to destination so you don't get the drive sleepies. Uh, let's see here, let's talk about hunt locations. Morning to midday, I like the fact that in the rut, a lot of times my morning sits uh, can still produce well into the afternoon hours. Um, you know, to set up, tear down, and to do three or four stand hangs is, is sometimes needed. You know, sometimes you may go into a location and see bucks and deer in general. You ha what if you saw a hot dog? You got to shift that 30, 50, 60 yards, whatever you need to do. Um, but I really like the fact that if I, I set myself up a lot of times to catch maybe a slight morning movement or also that, that mid-late morning, midday cruising. Uh, I do think I have a weakness as far as that shift for that evening hunt. I don't have as good a run hunt in the evening which kind of leads me to, to a bullet point of mine, which is play to your strengths. If you can get up early and have better morning hunts, well, I would rather double my morning hunt output during the rut than necessarily take like, let's say you only have four days of vacation and, and do four dark to darks. I would rather go eight essential morning hunts to midday. Uh, that's just my preference. If I had a farm that maybe set up really well for evening, right? Like bucks coming out, chucking some does, maybe you got some food plots or small food plots, whatever it may be. Maybe you play the evening game and you hunt six evenings and four mornings. You know, you kind of toss them in there. Um, I think play to your strengths. Uh, avoiding burnout is one we mentioned at the start of this. You know, Rick's coming home for a few days. Like, he was clearly hunting, like, the week of, uh, let's call it October 22nd. 
dude, it, we had like three days of 70s. And I just don't put a lot of high value in, in those days. Um, if, you, if you're scheduled off, you know, for, for a select period of time and you, can, you only got limited PTO, sure, you got you to hunt. But if you can kind of pick and choose and maybe you got some flexibility, I'd say, you know, come back home, rest it up. Like, don't kill yourself on these 75 degree days. You want to be fresh for that 38 degree morning and you can sit all day and the high is like 50. That's that's the day to be out. I just heard uh, a, sto a story by Cody of the Whitetail Legacy podcast that he did like eight days of all day sits and it was warm and they saw zero deer uh, on midday movement during those hot periods. So that's kind of a real world example of, yeah, I do think deer move a lot midday, but I think, yeah, those hot temps, they'll, they'll shut down for sure. Talk about taking an evening off versus taking a morning off. See, that's, that's where I'm like, play my strengths is, I would rather take an evening off if I was scheduled to, to hunt eight days, um, get to bed on time, get a good meal. Uh, I'd rather hunt the morning and get back home and then recharge, go to bed stupid early, then sit a, a morning off. Now, if you're a guy that needs some extra sleep and feels he wants to get it in the a.m. hours, cold temp tips. Uh, obviously, I have a very famous YouTube video on keeping your feet warm uh, with like a hiker boot, basically putting a sock over that bad boy. That thing has blown up. You see me get tagged in that all the time across Instagram. Uh, that no doubt has changed uh, the game for us as far as separating those feet from the cold metal platform. Uh, I'm also a big proponent of body warmers, which are like the bigger adhesives that you can like stick on your chest because like all your blood's coming from your chest. I stick them on my low back for kidneys and like some of those organs. I, I definitely think like it essentially can turn like a regular puffy vest into one of those like power heater vests. Um, so sticking a few of those bad boys in the, in the pack this time of year, never a bad thing. And obviously like anything puffy related, that's been a huge gain for, for the mobile hunter uh, as far as a layering light piece that packs really well. Uh, a lot of good stuff out there from a variety of companies. I definitely think those are, are worth having in the bag. Well, guys, that's all I got for your, your rut survival tips. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Team Harder and Bucks, we're out.